So I, 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 I had this thought the other day and I was like, I'm going to tell her this. And, um, I, I, I told her and she was like, I don't get it. And I was like, mm-hmm. and I told it again and she was like, yeah, I just don't think it's, I don't think it's funny. Uh- <laughs> and I was like, you, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna tell Tom this. I love, I love that Ashley's just like, uh, like critiquing your like your jokes that you're like preparing for the podcast. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think she's right about this. <laughs> Dang it! may notice that our podcast may sound a little different. While we always wear a mask and social distance during recordings, Tom and I have moved to a more open and not so enclosed environment to ensure an even safer environment for recording. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Rode Microphones. Rode is an Australian-based audio equipment company with a great U.S. support team that makes quality consumer and professional microphones and accessories. Here at Two Weird Camera Beards, Tom and I use a Rodecaster Pro mixer, and Rode pod mics to record each episode. If you're interested in Rode audio equipment, Midwest Photo is an authorized reseller, and you can find their products by visiting mpex.com and searching Rode. That's M-P-E-X dot com. Search R-O-D-E. And a special thanks to Ray Sherlow. Ray wrote the music that we use for the show. It's the song Try a Little Harder from his album Forward Facing. If you dig his music like I do, check out the link in the show notes. Thanks, Ray. Two Weird Camera Beards, we've got uh, Mark and Nicole Pasternak with us. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you guys? Great. Great. Good. Good. How, how has, how's 2021 going so far for you guys? It's pretty chill, I think. Yeah? Yeah? So far, so, so good. Far. Yeah, nothing too crazy. I mean, except new baby on the way. Which, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. That's got to yeah, be... Yeah, baby number four coming in May, so that's yeah. exciting and crazy. <laughs> I was going to say, during COVID, that's got to be insane. Yeah. Yeah, I'm also homeschooling our two older girls right now, so I think at this point we're all totally stir-crazy, but we're surviving. Oh, yeah. Holy moly, powerhouse. Yeah. Homeschooling. I, I, I don't know if it's a powerhouse as much as we're just crazy enough to continue to take things on. <laughs> yeah. One, one yeah. day at a time, you know? Yep. All right. So so just so our, our listeners know, uh, Nicole, you primarily run uh, Pastor Nack & Co. Uh, wedding photography, engagement photography, correct? Yes. Yeah. I also do some families and newborns and stuff, but primarily weddings and engaged couples yeah and really strong work by the way we Tom and yeah. I were reviewing the, reviewing the site yeah and, incredible yeah and mark you uh you host the uh ambitious filmmaker podcast which i've had the the honor of of the pleasure of being on uh thank you by the way uh that's Absolutely. that's that's before before tom and i started our i was podcast. gonna say <laughs> i feel like that was we actually drew some inspiration from from you mark and what you're doing with that podcast too 
Yeah. Oh, I, I appreciate it. I think your episode was great. All your listeners should go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely we'll definitely be linking your podcast uh, in a, in the show notes here. So, um, so last week, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with with her, but uh, we had Emma Parker, uh, Emma Parker on the show, and she was talking about freelancing. Um, but today we we brought you guys on to talk about networking and uh, how that how that works for both of you uh, when it comes to your to your jobs um is there anything before we kind of dive into <laughs> to networking is there anything um you you had to say about it how important it is to you um uh, uh what it's what it's done for your careers absolutely it's it's everything yeah. um like you you guys have crushed the the preparation for this podcast with all the questions and everything, so. <laughs> Thank you. yeah we, we we're pumped about it cool cool but like you know one thing one one of those that came up was like is it is it important to network or is it just like your skills that are going to get you there um and not to like jump way ahead but if you don't network in your business then you can't really use your skills at all to make a sustainable career out of it. So sure. this whole conversation I'm looking forward to yeah. because it's it's really, I'd say the largest, the largest thing that will impact the growth of your business. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just going to add to that. It was starting to network on a regular basis was probably the biggest turning point in my business. So I think it's absolutely crucial and definitely one of the key parts of making a freelance activity into a full-blown business yeah definitely absolutely i was i was as both of you were talking about that i was just thinking that that's somewhat the difference between like a really 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 good amateur and like a pro yeah for sure absolutely yeah cool um so tom you've got you 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 listed up some questions here did you want to do those those first is that what you wanted to start with sure did you want to go like we did before kind of back and forth yeah with so our questions how this uh, guys how, the, how we're going to do this is like tom and i came up with these questions of obviously we've provided the pastor next these <laughs> these questions so they're not side blinded <laughs> by anything uh, but we're going to kind of like uh ping pong back and forth here yeah uh, tom tom will go and first and then i will kind of just do our questions back and forth awesome. yeah That's and good. i'm kind of i'm kind of anticipating this going similarly to how our emma pod emma parker podcast went like uh I think a lot of these questions will stem a like big conversation, so we may skip some sections and stuff like Absolutely. that. We may jump around. Perfect. Um, but yeah, uh, so my first question is: networking feels like it might be uh, in step with marketing. You always want to be expanding and broadening your horizons, but you still want things to be focused so that you're still reaching a relevant audience. Is, are there any ways that you found that are more successful in other, than others in kind of doing this, like getting access to that right audience to network within? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, we think one of the most important aspects to that is really niching your business down. So understanding, just going back to the basics of why you started your business. So what your really your goals and your mission is and the long-term picture because what that helps you to do is decide what type of work you want to do, not just now, but what type of work you want to be doing in two years and five years in 10 years. And then that. really like the type of people that you want to be working with. Um, you know, I say it like that, but it took, I would say it took me like, it takes time though. It takes yes. a lot of time yeah. to figure out. But <laughs> it's, it's only good. been the last 
two that, years and I'm like, oh yeah, I know exactly who I'm going after. I know what networking sure. events I need to be at. Like it's hard. That's well, cool. That... Along with that, it it's important to know yourself in your, like when you're niching down, like sure I'm a wedding photographer, but I need to know what I myself am bringing to the table. And so that when I'm going out and marketing and networking, I'm marketing and networking myself, not what I think I should be as a wedding photographer. That's awesome. I love I love having both of you here too, to just have those different kind of conversations about like directly applicable to wedding shooting and directly applicable to like, I don't like your video work and stuff as well, Mark. And I think, I think that kind of based on what both of you are saying, like we here at Midwest Photo kind of operate on a similar thing of just those like big goal setting kind of things and just making sure that you're like, of course you're going to look five years ahead, but of course you're also going to adjust as the timeline kind of goes on and you're, you're going to make sure that you're like, that those goals are still going to be beneficial to you in the long run and stuff like that. I think what, you know, what you guys said too, if I could just touch on that a little bit about, um, you know, niching, niching yourself, that is, um, something I think young, I don't say young, early, kind of like green photographers uh, or videographers kind of struggle with is they're trying to capture and hustle everything they possibly can. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, if you're talking about, you know, your investments and your 401k, yeah, diversify, diversify the heck out of it. But (laughs) when you're talking about your career, uh, I think it's important to niche yourself because if you don't, you'll become um, the jack of all trades, masters of none, you know, that's, 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 it's kind of dangerous and you'll, you'll burn out. Yeah. And you know, one thing that I think 2020 really showed a lot of things to a lot of people It had a lot of lessons in it. Um, but you know, one thing I, I realized was like, it's kind of starting from scratch in a lot of ways. Like what 2020 taught me was like taking a lot of those lessons of how to niche down, but at the same time, how to take on work just to take on work because you need the money. Right. And so it's kind of the same thing as like year one or year two as a creative. It was like, man, half my clients just dropped. How do I, how do I pick that up? You know? Right. And I think like it it is, you got to look forward two years, five years, 10 years, have that vision, but then also like pick up the gigs that are going to pay you money now. But then like at the end of 2020 and at the end of every year, you know, I'll go back to all my client list and like, star the ones that are like ideal clients or ideal work and then only show that work on my website yeah you know yeah, or only that. go to networking events or only ask those people for referrals and not not anyone else not because i don't like them but you yeah. know you know you really need to to stick with those clients and projects and people that that you really enjoy. Yeah. Well, and that give you life because Mm -hmm. that's going to make your work even better. And it's going to make your clients enjoy your work even better because you guys have common goals and interests in mind when you're approaching your work. And so when you've niched down and found that, then your clients and you are aligned in a, a vision. So they're more likely to like the final product than if you're just trying to shoot for everything and you don't really know what the goal in the long run is. Yeah. That's awesome. And I, I was even like among among all of that, I was kind of thinking of you, uh, Nicole, with I'm sure that at weddings and stuff like that, people walk up to you and say, 
hey, you're really great at this. Would you be interested in this other thing that has nothing to do with And like, of <laughs> course, oh, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting. Like I, I do on my website, I pretty much only advertise weddings because that's where I want my business to grow right now. That's where my focus is. That's mm-hmm. what I feel like I'm best at and what's best for our family right now. Yeah. But Plus I'll that's have... just branding too, right? Exactly. But I'll have past clients email me or friends or people at weddings come up to me and I'm always happy to take on a side project. It's just not what I'm necessarily advertising and seeking more of. And so it's like, you never know what those little side projects might bring on in the future. So you don't necessarily like never have to take on anything that's not in your niche, but it's a matter of where you're putting most of your weight and most of your goals in. And so, yeah, I totally will still do stuff on the side, but it's also knowing yourself too. Like sometimes I'll have people who will ask for like corporate headshots and stuff. And I'm like, sure, I could potentially take that on, but why don't I actually refer you to somebody who I think is better at doing that, which I think goes hand in hand with networking too. It's like, no, I know somebody who actually specializes that. And I'm happy to take that on if you truly enjoy my work and that's what you want to see. But if you want somebody who specializes in this area, then I'd be happy to refer you to somebody else. And then once again, that builds your network because you're referring other photographers because you respect them and respect their work. And they're going to see that in you too and realize like, oh, we're, we're sharing clients together. Let's be in a network. Let's help each other out. I love that. Yeah. And I think, I think your answer kind of segues nicely into my next question. Oh yeah. It could go into the next, it could, it, it could go the opposite way. Right. So you could, you, if you tell somebody, Hey, that's, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do that if you like my work. Um, but you know, it's not really my specialty that could go the opposite way. And somebody could be turned off by that. Have you guys ever, which again, leads to my next question. Have you guys ever had uh, a negative networking interaction or some kind of falling out with somebody you've worked with and then, um, you know, things don't go well. How do you handle that? What's, uh, how do you communicate with them? What's that look like? Oh yeah. That's happened. And you lot. don't have to go into detail by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you're in business long enough, like it's going to happen just yeah. because we're humans and we're imperfect and communication is not, in my opinion, a, a inherent skill that somebody just wakes up with like my kids don't know how to communicate unless I teach them how to communicate right and so you know we've I've had everything from a uh, just a weird awkward interaction at a networking event to past employees totally leaving and trying to take clients Um, oh man every everything in between you know Um, but I I think it all comes back to communication and yeah that's being able to talk about that negative experience and even though it's awkward and weird and hard and creates a lot of emotions, it's like, we're still human at the end of the day. So even on a negative side, it's like, we've got to communicate. Yeah. And I think communicating by setting expectations as much as you can on the front end, um, whether that's with a client, whether it's with a business partner that you're starting a brand new podcast with or whatever, but it's talking about like, okay, what do I expect myself to do? What am I bringing to the table? What are you bringing to the table? How do we want this to look in the long run? Like, and I think particularly with our clients, Mark and I both have a really intense kind of front end experience to ensure that we're all on the same page throughout the course of the project. 
I love that. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, and I could I could see just yeah I could I could see that kind of going. I mean, Mark gave the example of like directly stealing clients from you after leaving and stuff like that. But I'm sure that there are perceptions like that even outside of employees that have worked for you where other photographers may be un, may get resentful that like maybe you took their client and you didn't know that they were that that person had them as a client you were just trying to do your job as best you could and this client decided to take you on because you're you're inherently better in some way or suit to suit their needs in some other way or something like that too yeah, you know, I think we have to remember in this industry, like we're selling ourselves as as much as you want yeah. to create a media empire. It's like at the end of the day, people buy people. Mm-hmm. They don't yep. they don't buy your services. They're not buying your camera gear. They're not buying your talents. Like you're selling your time, and mm-hmm. so every time, whether it's weddings or video, we interview a potential client. It's like, hey, is this someone I want to spend? Like in my case, it could be eighty hours with. Like, is this somebody I want to spend the next three months with on a project? Yeah. <laughs> or is this a bride or a groom that like, we're, we're going to really jam on your wedding day and like, just feel that energy back and forth and, and be able to make it a great day. That's awesome. Well, and I tell my couples that when I meet with them for the first time, like when they're interviewing me to see if they want to take me on as their wedding photographer, I tell them, I'm like, I want you to, first of all, I want you to love my work, but I want you to love my personality and working with me and working with Mark and I on your wedding day, because you're going to be working with me for about a year leading up to your wedding. And then we're going to be there for some of the most intimate moments on your wedding day. So we want you to feel comfortable with us. And if that's not a good fit for you, then I want to help you find somebody who is that good fit. Definitely. Because once again, if you're not happy with me and my process and how I work, then you're never going to be happy with the product that you have on the back end. And so I think once again, that goes back to networking of like, I have probably at least six photographers in my back pocket who I'm happy to refer somebody to that I know I've got a great working business relationship. I know they run their business in a similar way that I do so that if I'm not available for a wedding day, or if for some reason, it's just not a good fit with my client, then I'm happy to refer them to somebody else that they're going to find a better fit with. Because once again, it's not just about whether or not they like your work, like that's one aspect, but it's truly about whether you enjoy working together as people. And going, going back to like the, uh, knowing yourself, like, I don't, I don't take on a lot, a lot of clients that approach me because I have a very strict process and very strict pricing. And like, I know exactly what I want because that supports what I want. It supports what my family wants. It supports my, my bigger life goals. Mm -hmm. And so if somebody doesn't go with me, it's just like, I could be resentful. I guess I could be like jealous, but it's like, why? Yeah. It's not, it's no skin off my back. Mm -hmm. It's just not a good fit for either of us, whether it's a budgetary concern or personality concern, whatever it is, like it's not a good fit on either end because if for some reason you can't meet my budget, that's fine. But I can't physically do that job if you can't meet my budget and that goes on either side of it. And so once again, it's not necessarily like, oh, I'm resentful because somebody didn't choose me for their wedding day or somebody didn't choose me for a video project and they went with somebody else. Like, no, it's not about them going with somebody else. It's about them finding the best 
person or company to suit their needs. And I think if we change our mindset to like, this is a competition and it's super cutthroat to, no, this is a community where we can actually support each other and help each other, then we're actually going to be so much happier because people are actually finding the clients that suit them better instead of just trying to go after any client and then nobody's happy in the long run because you and your clients don't work well together instead of them being able to work better with somebody else. Man, you guys have it figured out. <laughs> That's awesome. And We're good like, at talking about it at least. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I was I was just gonna say, I don't know if that's both of you or if it's mostly you, Nicole, but that like that perfectly represents what I saw on your website is just this collaborative <laughs> aspect of your business and just treating yeah, just like making business decisions that aren't personal and just moving on and just like treating people like humans and being yeah that's awesome i love that yep thank you i appreciate that yeah yeah i mean it it definitely took us a long time like i i had an agency for five years um before i i went kind of solopreneur again like three or four years ago uh but you know one thing that was really missing for me was that mindset was that community of other filmmakers and um I especially know like in the agency world, it's like, it's, it is cutthroat. Like it is like, mm-hmm. for some reason, you just don't want to partner with other people because they do the same things as you, even though you are stronger together. And like, that's the whole reason why, like we had you Kevin on our podcast, the ambitious filmmaker. And like, that's what we're really trying to do with the video community on the filmmaking side is like yeah. bring people together and understand that you're going to, you're going to grow so much more like exponentially more when you have community and when you are networking together and communicating together and mentoring someone and being mentored all at the same time. Absolutely. Yep. That kind of tackled my second question though with uh, (laughs) the, you guys, you guys just knocked it out. Um, But Tom, Tom, you got a, a social, social question. Yeah. Uh, so my next question is, does social media work or is in-person word of mouth still the most effective? Uh, what do you guys do to adapt yourself to either of those and to make sure that you're still communicating in an effective way? And are like, are things like business cards still relevant? I know like here at Midwest Photo, we always say like, we always like like quantifiable things w- that give us feedback, like social media marketing. There's a lot of there's a lot of data to back that stuff. But then we also say if word of mouth seems to be most powerful, because if somebody recommends somebody and their friends, and then they come and have a good experience, like there's no replacing that in in terms of like basically just broadening broadening that kind of base and i'm very curious to hear both the sides here because yeah Yeah. you know with the podcasting community it's a lot different than maybe the the wedding photography community yeah yeah. definitely I i would say they definitely have different aspects for sure but um i tell people all the time i've essentially built my entire business on social media like i didn't really market in any other way i just simply started taking photos and posting the photos that i took on a regular basis on Instagram and Facebook. And with that, I think there's enough word of mouth because it, for me, my social media network started in my social community. It started in the people that I know. So people that I knew, knew that I took pictures and knew that they referred me to somebody else who referred me to somebody else. So it's a little bit of both, but I think social media is super effective when it comes to 
media arts like video and photo because my Instagram for sure is basically a business card of my work. I can be like, great, go to Pasternak Co on Instagram and automatically you're seeing a snapshot of my portfolio before you're even needing to hit up my website or anything like that. So I think it's super effective. And I think it's a super effective way to network because, um, you know, you start following other photographers and you're inspired by their work and just a simple like DM on a photo they post or a comment on one of the photos they post just saying like, Hey, this is awesome. I love the way you used light here. You know, like that sparks a conversation of them being like, Oh yeah, that was really cool. I, I use this light source or this thing. And, um, you know, honestly, I've met some of my closest friends now via social media connections that's through so cool. the photography world. Like I have friends where I go on play dates with my kids. Like we're both wedding photographers and we go on play dates together and that's talk so about cool. wedding world and inspire each other and help each other be better in our profession, um, along with raising our kids. So that's social rad. media, I think is really awesome in that way that it can really connect you to people that you probably wouldn't necessarily meet in person right away, especially when we're all on lockdown and you can't just yeah. meet people in person all the time. Yeah. Well, and it almost sounds like, like just, uh, I, I think I'm getting this. It, it, it sounds like a lot of it is just access. Like you're making yourself accessible to people yes. kind of all the time, right? Yes, absolutely. That's awesome. Mark, is there, is there, uh, what, what do you find effective? And I guess this is kind of a selfish question because then we can, we can use this information to yeah, help, Mark. help boost our podcast. <laughs> Mark, Mark, make our podcast. Mark, can we get him on payroll? <laughs> we, yeah. So uh, Tom and I are Luke and Mark is Obi-Wan. So just tell us the secrets. Man, I think it comes down to reputation. And reputation, meaning your, your consistency of showing up to mm-hmm. every guest, every person that you connect with. Mm-hmm. So even if you start a business that's offline, like you're always building your reputation. Um, whether you do a good job on a project or a bad job on a project or a positive networking experience or a negative networking experience, like you can choose to build your reputation by the way that you communicate in that situation. And so I think online, like I, I've had to think about this question a lot because taking taking video, like for my own personal video consulting work, I'm I don't showcase a lot online, but I don't necessarily need to because I have a, a client base that's kind of at the level that I want it to be. But for the podcast, it's like absolutely everything's awesome. online. But what we're really focused on is building reputation. So just like always following up with guests or like going on other podcasts like this, because this is how you can build that face-to-face relationship without being face-to-face. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we have created so many great new friendships. I would say even just in the past, like two months, um, especially as we've launched a new chapter of the video community and created a mentorship coaching program. Like now we've, we've got, I think I have more filmmaking friends 
in the last two months That's because so of cool. online networking and, and podcasting. And I've been, <laughs> been in the seven, eight years of running your own business. <laughs> and I've been following that that development of the, of the mentorship program, and that is so freaking cool. Um, I was going to say, can you talk on that more? Because that's yeah, really like well, you're really developing competition yeah, for yourself. Give us, there, give us a right? summary here, but we're definitely going to be <laughs> we're going to be linking this in the show notes for sure. So if you guys if you guys are interested, yeah, absolutely. In some mentorship. So like, I don't know. I think we're we're at like podcast 38 or podcast 40 right and we're just trying like just starting to figure it out (laughs) (laughs) that's how that's how i think we are right now right (laughs) hopefully when we get to 50 it's like yeah okay i think i think we got it but but you know we've kind of just stumbled upon you know we started the video community with the idea and the mission to empower filmmakers to grow through community because we just realized like this is a lonely business and let's create some community where there really is none. And you guys like hit the nail on the head with when you get into this industry, it seems so competitive and it seems so oversaturated when it's, it's really not. And there's always more clients to be had. There's always more videographers, photographers, creatives to be creative. Like there Mm -hmm. is actually space for all of us, but if you don't cultivate that mindset and that community, then it's really, really hard to grow and, and create an actual career out of it. Uh, yeah. So what we developed is a mentorship program. Um, you know, you've got online courses, you've got online coaches, you know, you've got a kind of a lot of things, but what we realized is that there wasn't a lot of direct feedback from a mentor and there wasn't a lot of direct communication amongst all filmmakers. Um, so we work with experienced filmmakers Uh, who want to create their own mentorship program for their own network. And so we're able to empower them and set up all the resources, marketing agency, uh, yeah, agency resources for them to be able to launch a program and for them to mentor other students and for those students to create community amongst themselves and amongst those those, uh, mentors. And then on the, on the mentor side, um, you know, they're starting to create relationships with other, other mentors in our program, um, who are at, at the same level of filmmaking, um, as, as they are themselves. So what we're really trying to do is create a community that wins on every level and a community that helps pull each other up. And that, you know, it's not just like, you know, if you're climbing a mountain, you're looking ahead, right? But you're also looking down to help pull up the other climbers below you. Um, That's great. To, to, you know, get there faster to when you have three employees leave your company, you've got somebody who, hey, I've been through that before. Let me help you out, you know? And yeah. You yeah. don't have to go through those same mistakes and, and experience the negative side of networking or the negative side of, of the business and, and uh, you know, be down and out as long. Um, and you're able to really celebrate and, and enjoy the the passion of this industry and really get back to why you became a creative in the first part, you know, yeah. and, and just be able to live that on a daily basis. That's awesome. Indeed. Um, yeah. So if I could circle back around to, to social real quick, um, I... I Oh man, how to approach this? Uh, <laughs> I have two. I have two. I have two questions, really. One, um, do you guys think there's like any other, uh, not necessarily social? Is there any uh, way of networking you think is just like too old school, like that we just don't do that anymore? Like uh, I don't know, 
writing letters or, or business <laughs> cards. Or I, just... write, I don't know about you guys, but I write a lot of letters. No, I'm just kidding. Man, I will tell you what, letters have closed a lot of deals. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I think, like, we were talking about this last night when we were kind of thinking about some of these questions and stuff. Like, I don't think it's necessarily a method that's old school or not effective anymore as much as, once again, not realizing that you're networking yourself like you don't need to be somebody else you don't need to be another photographer you don't need to be another filmmaker you don't need to do what the other guys are doing mm -hmm. like it's easy enough to look around on social media or this thing or that thing and see what everybody else is doing but you don't have to be just like them to do it well that is so and powerful so yeah. i think if you're approaching networking and trying to be like this guy over here then you're going to fail every time because you're not actually selling the best part of your creative process, which is you. Like there's only one you, there's only one person who's going to see the world, the way you see it through your lens, through the way you work with clients. And so if you're ever approaching networking, trying to be like somebody else, like to me, that's the only thing that could be antiquated. Like business cards can still be effective, writing letters heck they could still be effective but if you're yeah. doing it as you That's, not yeah. as somebody else yeah exactly yeah. like if you're not a very social person or if you're like sales really kind of scares me yeah write letters people love <laughs> and i mean it like when i it's started true. it like, is true i did write thank you notes i'm like letters a lot. i'm a lot more extroverted now and more comfortable selling now but like just a simple follow-up letter or an introductory letter or even a thank you. Like a modern day letter is on social media, sending a DM, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, just showing that person you. that you're thinking of them then, huh? Yes. Yeah. Or Absolutely. I feel like Mark does a really good job. Like if he really liked working with a client and oftentimes on a video project, I mean, they truly are spending like a good week together at least pretty much around the clock. And so they have a lot of conversations throughout that process and so he'll figure out like oh she really likes wine we like wine like i'm gonna send her a nice bottle of wine or you know That's just so simple cool. things like that that it's like oh we both really connected on this point let me send a thank you note and a gift that reflects that and once again like that just goes to build your network because who's that lady gonna think of the first time her other friend is looking for a videographer. Oh, the guy that sent her a bottle of wine, probably. <laughs> yeah. no, I, okay, I've got one. I've got an antiquated, uh, <laughs> antiquated, no, that's telegram. It's a, it's a, it's a telegram. A, it's a letter in a bottle and you throw it out to sea and eventually. <laughs> that's actually Mark's favorite way of networking. How did what? you know? <laughs> What's the antiquated way, Mark? LinkedIn messages. Like, oh, yes. get nasty LinkedIn, not nasty, but just like, Clearly, you didn't look at my profile. Clearly, you didn't like. Yep. Hey, do you want to have twenty more leads by tomorrow morning? Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> not not really. Uh, like, sure, but do you know anything about my business? Like, yeah, that's what I would say. Like, just don't do. Don't, don't buy do into that. that stuff. Like, yeah. don't do that. Just if if you're gonna reach out to somebody, at least like be like, hey, I saw this in your profile. This is what I do, and I'd love to create this for you. But yeah. like, here's the reason why I'm sending you a message. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I get those. I get those regular uh, messages on LinkedIn because I'm, mm. I'm director of marketing here in Midwest. They're like, which is crazy <laughs> hey, because I did. Get, I got this is crazy. I got a message 
from a company we're already working with and they're trying too. to they're trying to pitch me on something. I'm like, we I already think use I know, your service. Yeah, I think I know who it is because I think they sent me one. Oh, It'd be great. a whole lot more effective if they sent those messages on a bottle of wine. I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wouldn't you like that so much more? That, You're going to be great. so much more likely to reach out to yep. them. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought up LinkedIn too because, uh, Mark, I noticed you on this platform now and I was trying to describe it to Tom earlier and I've been talking to people. I got our VP Ken Lewis on the on the platform too. Clubhouse. So um, I, I don't know how much time you've spent there, but the best way I can describe Clubhouse is it's like Discord voice channels had a baby with LinkedIn. And uh, <laughs> it's all Man, on. I'm still trying to figure it out. It is. It is. We are not the hippest. <laughs> I we was... may fool you, but we're usually not the first to uptake a new. No, if you go listen to my podcast, I'm like the old man of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the like Another one. Uh, Fortnite, huh? No, but it's it's good. I spent I spent probably an hour on it yesterday, uh, just to kind of give you an idea of of the the power and and how to leverage it. I spent an hour on it yesterday. I've I've spent probably a total of of five six hours on it at this point. It's all voice based. There's no text. There's no images. There's no nothing. It's all voice based. Um, and you list you you know put your interests in, and everybody describes themselves within their profile pretty much like they would on on LinkedIn, but with a, a bit more zing like it's it's more fun some more zing and pep yeah like a dinner it's like a dinner party you know a little yeah. bit more casual okay. yeah and then you go in and, and people are talking about a to- like i've been in the photography ones so i'm just going in there kind of like listen and then if i have input which i've had you know a couple of instances now where i've had input and people are really receptive and i gain you know a dozen followers at this point just because i've come up and i've said I hope you guys know what CRI is for LEDs. Like, this is what it is. This is how it works. You know, this is what you should look for when you're buying an LED. And people are like, oh, my gosh, that's really good information. And then I get followers. And then yesterday that was on, you know, how to market yourself as a photographer when you're when you've you've done publications. And I got up on stage and I I gave my input and another, you know, it was more followers is and any it, of that like recorded do they store that for later f- listening it's like it's like snapchat too it's like once okay. it once the conversation's over it's mm. over okay yeah huh. and yeah it's really it's really good if you if you get into one of the, some of the it, it's good for networking because once you start talking with people they start following you and then you have more yeah. connections hmm. well something so. kind of uh-huh. along those lines that i think maybe somebody might think seems a little old school but facebook groups Man, especially for photography and video, they are so helpful because you can post like if you're struggling in a certain area, you can post on there and you've got like 10 responses within five minutes to help you with this particular problem or to give you feedback on a photo. Or once again, like if somebody else posts a question and you happen to know an answer and you can share that, then like you said, you're getting more followers because yep. you're seen as a leader in that field. But I mean, totally. for me, that's grown my business a ton, both creatively and networking, because I've met other people through stuff like that. I've been able to ask questions and help me challenge the way I look at things. Um, are there just, are there any ahead. are there any Facebook groups that you'd want to plug to like for listeners to like? kind of go check out that that you enjoy because i know that those are kind of hard to it seems like facebook is either really helpful or like a crazy uncle that can't turn like caps lock off (laughs) yes yeah definitely (laughs) i feel like my feed mainly these days is like all my different facebook groups so it's like here's a mom group here's a photography group here's this group on somebody else so go find the groups don't talk to the crazy people on facebook yeah Um, (laughs) 
but there definitely one has been like super impactful in my business. It's the um, Mastin Labs group. Um, Kirk Mastin is a genius and has created uh, film emulation presets for Lightroom for mm. photographers. And all his stuff is just great. But the the community that is there within Mastin Labs is just like super helpful and super inspiring. I mean, and it's great so too. Cool. Like you get people who are clearly like world renowned photographers on there posting mm -hmm. their work. So, you know, one day you see something and you're like, wow, I would have never thought to put my client in direct sunlight in that way. And then the next day is like somebody who's just starting out and asking for a little feedback on like how to make this situation work or a better way to prompt a couple to pose more naturally. And it's just, mm. to me, in a very uh, open group, like it's, it's not competitive because it's people all over the world. So mm -hmm. it's not necessarily people trying to get clients. It's just people who really like talking about photography and want to get better at it. That's so cool. That's so great. that's been a really good one I for me. That. Yeah, that, that's what I was gonna it's say. been a really cool one to just follow. And I feel like I'm always gaining new insight from that group for sure. That's sweet. Mark, do you still do you use Facebook uh, groups and stuff for for the audio video? Parts. You know, like we started on Facebook groups um, for the video community, but <laughs> it's not very active. And like, huh. you it know, takes time it's, to cultivate. it's like, well, it takes time, but then it takes consistency. Like yeah. you yeah. got to be in there all the time or you got to have like a thousand members who yeah. are really adding value. It's like it's it's hard to maintain a group like that and not just have it be a bunch of like sales. They're like, hey, I've got sure. like any, you know, I'm a DP. Does anybody need my services? And yeah. 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 That's what's it's, cool about Mastin Lab Group is like, it's not, it's not sales. There's no asks. There's no, it's just yeah. like, wow, these pictures are really inspiring. And yeah. here's how I did it. And people can ask questions like really minute. Like, details. what were your settings That's on rad. that? What was your f stop? Like, did you use any external lights? Things like that that you can't just necessarily go to somebody's Instagram and be like, Hey dude, how'd you make this cool image? Like they'd be like, uh, no thanks. See ya. Yeah. But in a group setting where it's like, this is a community that's made to talk about these things and help each other get better. Like people are so open to share kind of their process in making their image. That's cool. Yeah. I did, am I right in this mark? Like, I feel like I don't, I, I I'm not a huge part of like, the AV kind of like filmmaker community, but they seem more techy and maybe more redditor like than than Facebook like. Yes. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Like in in our our program for the video community, we use Discord. Okay. Like I was like, yeah. what's Discord? Like you know, I'm old man over here. Yeah, and yeah. Like, Eric and Caleb are like, oh, dude, this is like, they yeah. already know about it because they're already on it for <laughs> for they're different like, things, and I'm like, yeah. sweet. But yeah, hop on my Twitch and then get on Discord. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. oh, 100. Is <laughs> I can't even keep track. found the gamers. Yep. <laughs> yes, well, we always joke that like Eric and Caleb are way more video nerds than Mark. Like Mark, Mark knows his video stuff. Don't get me wrong, but he's like the business. Like sure, he knows how to make business run. But well, and, Eric and Caleb yeah. know how to make videos work. <laughs> we find like most people in video these days, at least like solopreneur filmmaking, everybody stumbles into it for the most part. There are very few people who go to film school and be like, oh, I always knew I wanted to be a, a first camera and I went to full sale to train how to be a first camera. And now I'm doing it like yeah. people have crazy backgrounds and like a lot of music, a lot of art, a lot of AV. You know, it's like, what's AV? Everybody's like, oh, you do AV. I'm like, 
sure. <laughs> it's kind of a catch-all, you know. Yeah, yeah. You want you want to hop along to the FAQs? Yeah, let's do that. Cool. Uh, so the first one right off the bat is how do you know when to decide not to bring work home with you? How do you balance that home and work life? I notice you guys specifically, like you, your brand is kind of, especially with Pasternak and co is like your family is kind of the brand. And I think that that's very welcoming. And we kind of talked about with Nicole here, uh, how, how like that accessibility is super important for that networking. Um, but yeah, how do you guys kind of, how do you keep that boundary in place so that you guys can maintain like a happy and like mentally healthy kind of lifestyle too? Yeah, it's definitely, it it definitely takes work. First of all, I think is the first thing to say. And as you pointed out, I have chosen to make my family part of my brand Mm -hmm. because once again, I'm bringing myself to the table. And if you're going to meet me, you're going to know eventually, hopefully that I have three kids. And once again, (laughs) too, that helps on the client end because they walk into a relationship with me knowing that I'm a mom with three almost four kids. So they're not expecting me to be a college student who's up at midnight texting them back about what off-white color their wedding dress should be. (laughs) Not to say that I'm not there to help them with that, but they're not expecting that of me. Like it helps, it helps kind of set that boundary on the front end without me even having to say anything because they know that I am a mom and that's a part of my business and that Mark and I do this together, that it's a, it's a family entrepreneurship here. Um, And so I think that's been really beneficial to us. And I think, like you said, uh, people do find it approachable. And once again, it's either like you really like that about us and it makes you want to work with us or you're like, Mm -hmm. I don't want this crazy mom taking my wedding (laughs) pictures who's like waddling around pregnant. Like then great. We're not the right company for you guys. and It won't be a good fit for us to work with you anyway. Um, so I think that's definitely a huge part of it for us is that we've, we've definitely put that out there and set that as a boundary on the front end. And then I think it takes communication between ourselves as a married couple. I think that's just one of the most, the biggest things that you can do as a married couple in any instance, but definitely when you're running multiple businesses together and have multiple kids, um, it's setting those expectations with each other. So I know that essentially from nine to five, Mark is in his office working and I try not to bother him and try not to let the kids run in. Now that doesn't happen every day because (laughs) we have many children. (laughs) But um, I think like, you know, or maybe Mark will have a week where like we have come in and bothered him a ton during his workday. And so on an evening when we've got some free time, he'll be like, hey, just so you know, like, it's been really stressful this week. The kids have come in a lot. If we can like hone in on that together and really try to make sure that we've got that boundary a little firmer, that would be great. And so it's not like us nagging each other back and forth, but us having real conversations on the front end to set those expectations. Yeah. And I I think like to go on that scheduling is huge. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's great. Like, oh, we just get along. And it's like, no. well, it's not- <laughs> it we work. schedule our get along time. <laughs> yeah. Like if we did not schedule and then clearly communicate about that schedule, it would not work. And yeah. it's, so it's like, she sees everything on my Google calendar and like, they do a good job of not bugging me when I'm home, but like they, 
My family knows when I have a podcast or they know when I have a client meeting. And so it's like, or I schedule my client meetings at nap time when the big kids are watching TV. So it's like the chances of them interrupting that is is slim to none. Yeah. Even today, like we have a babysitter with our kids right now and we are at home while the kids are also at home with the babysitter. But even just a simple, like letting our babysitter know, like, Hey, we're going to be in a podcast this morning. So just make sure unless like somebody's bleeding from their head, like nobody's (laughs) coming into our office while we're recording that. And I'm sure you don't have like tons of moms (laughs) in your following, but for me, definitely, uh, just striking balance between my work and my family life and having, kind of set hours. So like I, we have a babysitter that comes once a week and that's my time to work on my business. And I'm not really interacting with the kids. I pretty much lock myself in the office during that time. And that's when I'm dedicated to that. Whereas like when I'm with my kids, I try really hard not to be answering emails and not to be, you know, scrolling on Instagram and like trying to find new clients or something because I I found early on in my business when I was trying to just run it all from home myself while raising a family, I was getting more frustrated with my kids when I was trying to work because they were always interrupting me, but they're under six years old. They don't know what interrupting my work means. Like I can't expect that of them and vice versa. Like if I was trying to be with my kids and trying to get work done, I was getting more frustrated because I couldn't figure out this thing on Lightroom that I was trying to figure out because I had kids bothering me. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I kind of separate those times and have clear boundaries to like, no, when I'm at home, I'm at home and that's what I'm doing. And then when I'm at work, I'm at work and that's what I'm doing that it just makes everything go so much smoother. And on that too, like Mark and I communicating with that, like, I obviously can't always keep all my work within four hours a week. So if I have a client meeting or if I have a shoot in the evening, like talking to Mark about that ahead of time to be like, Hey, this evening from six to seven, can you do bedtime with the kids so that I can get these five emails out that I have people really waiting on me for. And I have no reason to say no to that as a husband, because we've talked about our big long-term goals and dreams. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. That's how long did it take for you guys to kind of figure that out and like, like reach that (laughs) healthy balance? Because I think dude, that's, that seems like a really intimidating thing to start, right? Like that's yeah, a, yeah, that's, like a, the, big, it's that's like, a big thing. It's not, it's not like everything happens overnight. Yeah, like, sure. I've had to learn that lesson because I'm an all or nothing kind of guy. I'm like, yeah. no, I all, I want it all right now, or yeah. I don't want any of it. Or but let yeah, me we didn't let me start do this two businesses quick. with four kids. We yes. started a single business with one kid, and then we added another business and another kid. Like so, it, it's definitely stacked on top of each other. But it, it's the learning process. Like when Mark first started his businesses, which was basically right when we got married, but then pretty quickly we had two kids and Mark was traveling multiple weeks every month and working out of the home. Like we realized that we needed to communicate better about what we needed on all ends. This podcast would not be this peaceful. (laughs) (laughs) We'd have a a few more guests. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, I think like the failure of a lot of relationships is unhe- like uh, not having healthy communication, and it seems like I don't know, like with working from home, like especially you guys, uh, it sounds like both of you have offices in your home, and like you're both kind of working from home simultaneously. So that seems like you've got to have that nailed down, or else you're just gonna go insane, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and I, I think. 
Uh, I tell people as far as like in terms of marriage and co-working with each other, it's really the boring stuff that makes your relationship and your partnership more sexy. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say more fun and engaging. But yeah, it's the boring stuff. Like we literally sit down and talk about our calendars at least once a week, if not Mm -hmm. a couple times a week to really set expectations like, okay, Wednesday at four o'clock, I've got a really important client meeting or Sunday, we've got brunch with the family. Like what are our expectations going into that? And how can we help each other and support each other in that? Like viewing our businesses and our marriage and our family life all as a partnership and as a kind of like a whole big business that runs together. Like doing the laundry isn't more important than meeting with a $10,000 client. Is it more important than going to the grocery store? Like these are all things that we need to do together to make our business and our family run. And if we can equally support each other and all of those things, like if I say, Hey, Mark, can I go to the store without kids on Saturday? He's not looking at me like, why do you want to do that? He's like, well, yeah, of course, let's figure out how we can make that work. Whereas I think it's easy to kind of start to resent each other in those little menial tasks. Yeah. That's awesome. For sure. All right. Your Uh, turn. uh, What? So if, if somebody is just getting started, let's say it's a videographer, photographer in general, entrepreneur, um, they're, you know, they're green. They've never done this before. What piece of advice, like, where would you tell them to begin? Like go to a networking event, get a LinkedIn account, uh, join a Facebook group. Like what, what would be their first step if you were giving the advice? Self-discover, Ooh. like understanding who they are. Like, I love Before that. you go outward, go inward. Dude. Holy moly. Mark just I got deep you know. on us. <laughs> you just like, I like, you um, broke my brain there for a minute. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean it though. Like I went outward the first three years of my business and I had no idea what I wanted. I knew I wanted to do video. That's great. But like, do you know how big video is? Yeah. Yeah. So we went like, it's just a quick story, but like we went from, I want to say like seven or eight clients to 120 over the course of one year. Cause I what? two BD people. Okay, so we had over 100 new clients in one year. That's insane. But you know how many of those clients continued to be clients the next year? 12. Oh. So, and like, and, and what was like, it's just a big lesson I always go back to. And it's like, okay, so why did almost all those clients not come back? Because they weren't ideal clients. They weren't the right fit. Because me and the other BD guys, we were just trying to close deals, period. Hmm. And we do it for any amount dollar. Like we we're just like, well, if we get a new client, then we're going to be in business. And it's like, well, sure. But like, is that going to be stressful? Is it enough money to actually be in business? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? And so I think like, if you, if you strip down the desire of like, well, I need to do this. I need to go to that networking event. I like, instead of all those needs and feelings of like, if I don't do this, my business isn't going to explode. It's like, what is it that you want? Yeah. What is it that you truly want? And then find people, find people who, who want those same things. And that's going to lead you to those networking groups. Mm -hmm. You know, that's going to lead you. And it's like, not to keep plugging the video community, but it's like, this is exactly why like we're providing a mentorship program for multiple mentors. And it's like, not 
Caleb, Eric, and I, who are coaches, it's like, no, we're creating different niches inside of our industry so that if you are a newcomer, you can find the niche that, that you resonate with, like on a, on, on a personal level, like not to get super that's cool uh, meta on you, but like, on a, <laughs> you know, when you're a, when you're an entrepreneur and a business owner, it is your heart and soul and you have to put your heart and soul into it. If you're going to make it a lifelong career path for yourself. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's is, awesome. Have there, were there any of those clients that were especially difficult to lose just because you were like, because your ego got in the way or anything like that, where you were like this, like, I don't know, like if a big name, like Apple or Google or whatever, it just like, you're like, Oh man, this is the, you know what I mean? And then you're just like, it's not ideal. It's, it, it can't work. Man, to be honest, I don't even remember. I don't remember. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think they, I guess if there are a hundred, yeah. <laughs> like they all left us, but like, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I had Kroger as a client and I think like, because we were so busy with all of these other clients, our process was different. We kept changing the way we priced things. Like every week it felt like we were redoing every process in our business. And I think they were just like, I, I don't know what to expect anymore from you guys. So like, peace out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was like, a, oh crap. Like what, what am I doing here? It was a lot of learning, you know, yeah. it was a lot of, a lot of failure that has, has taught me a lot of lessons. That's great. Uh, I think that we're going to move on here to gear and opinions with you guys. Get a little techie. Yeah. So <laughs> right off the bat, what are the what are top three must-haves for each of you guys in terms of gear? Got to be totally different, too, I yeah. assume. Yeah. Um, oh, oh totally it. different. Okay. Uh, definitely a 50-millimeter lens for photographers. Mm. I'd say videographers, mm. similar. Yeah, you're talking. You okay, I, I won't even plug you. Yeah. I don't even know. This is now the Nicole and Two Weird Camera Beer podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, definitely a 50-millimeter lens. I mean, you can just do so much with it. Like, people ask me all the time, like, what do you shoot on? What do you use? And honestly, like our wedding kit is pretty small. I'm on a 50, mil 50 millimeter lens almost an entire wedding day because it's oh, wow. so versatile. Oh my god! Like there are times I'll pull out an 85 or I'll have usually like Mark's my second shooter. So I'll have him on like a 28 or something to get like something totally different and a totally different perspective. But as a primary shooter, like you can just do so much with a 50. That's so cool. That's yeah. I think um, that that probably speaks to your ability too to adapt to the, all those different situations. Yeah, with absolutely. just a single lens. That sounds daunting yeah. to me. <laughs> well, and you know, it, it's a matter too of like with a wedding with wedding photography, you're just on the go so much that it's yep. like I can either spend my time switching a bunch of different lenses to try and get this totally different look, or I can use this one lens and be super flexible with it and see how it can adapt to different environments. That's cool. Very so cool. definitely a 50 millimeter and kind of along with that, uh, I use a hold fast, like double camera holster. Okay. And I, I think that <laughs> also is a game changer because I can have two different camera bodies with two totally different lenses. So like usually I'll have a 50 on my first, but then it's like, Oh, if I know I'm doing bride and groom portraits, maybe I want some like really, dreamy 85 stuff or maybe i want to get a little funky today and do something more cinematic with a 28 yeah or a 35 and so that has really helped uh 
just be a little more creative because I have two lenses on me at all times and I'm not constantly like, hey, Mark, go grab the 50. Hey, Mark, yeah. go grab the 28. <laughs> and two, it's like, oh, if one of them runs out of batteries or if yeah. one of my cards is full or something, it's like, oh, I already have a second body right there to shoot. Um, What's your last one? Just I don't know. Mark. I've got, I've can got I, mine ready to fire. Oh. Can I jump in real quick? Yeah. So on that, just for our listeners here, uh, we are in talk with Holdfast, so we should be carrying oh, those snap. here. So I, did not, I did not know that. <laughs> a long time coming. Lots of yeah. cheers over here. Holy <laughs> moly, I did not know that. This is a surprise yeah. to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't know how soon that's going to happen, but it is It is going to happen eventually here. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That yeah. is super exciting. Yeah. Um, okay. I've got one that isn't necessarily gear, but that's good. goes in with gear. And it's uh, finding a great camera shop like Midwest. Whoa! <laughs> Come on! I just won the uh, podcast, right? We're guys, blushing over guys, here. We're we, blushing. I, I just want to say we we are not paying the pastinets to advertise for us right now. <laughs> but no, uh, but truly, like I think for both of us yeah. in our various uh, careers. Midwest has played a huge part because we Absolutely. know we can walk in the Midwest and like chat with you guys for like an hour for free on like <laughs> different camera gear and asking you questions and what's your opinion and how does this work and have you tried this new thing out and like every time you guys come back with Clutch. such good information and are so helpful and like this is what you guys specialize in like I as a mom running multiple businesses don't always have time to research the newest camera gear and figure out what the coolest new trick is. But I know I can walk in to my local camera shop and actually ask real people their opinions and know that I'm getting like good quality information. And I so obviously I'm sure all of your listeners aren't in Columbus, but if they are, they should be going to Midwest. And if they aren't, I'm sure there are. I think you can rent online now. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. Right? yeah. Yes. If not, you should just go to Midwest, even if you're not from Columbus. Like, I don't care where you're they can driving al- from. Yeah, Call they can always call us. Yeah. They can always call us. <laughs> well, uh, Nicole, as the sales manager, all of that means so much to me that, that, you're, <laughs> that we've been here for you in such a good way. Because that is, like, completely our intention is to just be here as a community support for photographers yeah. like you guys yep i, I love well, and that even like truly like when i have new photographers come and like ask me questions i'm like you should probably go to midwest and just start asking <laughs> those guys well, they probably like, know more you didn't even mention it but the classes oh, like yeah, that- when nicole first started her business she took dozens of classes there. yeah i did and I they were so helpful and mm-hmm. i always refer people like your classes are super affordable they're in person so once again you can actually like get feedback and ask I mean, maybe real not time right now, questions. No. Yeah, probably <laughs> yeah. not right now, but the preface. <laughs> I don't know about your COVID class schedule, the, but they're all online, but, but they're, they're still yeah. pretty interactive. But yeah, but I mean, that was super helpful. Yeah. And I often refer people to that. And, and I guess kind of along with that too, as far as top three must have like finding good education for yourself, because mm-hmm. like you yeah. can go out there and shoot Absolutely. all you want, but like actually knowing what you're doing and surrounding yourself too with those people who are where you want to be or know what you want to know yeah yeah maybe having that healthy humility to like kind of take that advice absolutely yes yeah all right your your gear back to like real actual gear sorry (laughs) all right you ready for video boring grandpa over here but (laughs) (laughs) extra batteries a tripod and extra cards 
Oh wow, that's those are really right. good answers. Yeah, <laughs> you can't you can't shoot on a fifty if your battery dies and you don't have a backup. And you can yeah. never have enough of, with the exception of a. I think you can have too many tripods, but you can never have enough batteries. Yeah, and yeah. memory cards. For I mean, sure. it, too many times, so many times, like either a, a card would would, uh, yep, not form it. It would corrupt, would fail. Like, yeah, on set, and it's like, oh shoot, Oof. we don't have any. Yeah, but. That's rough. And video media isn't always the cheapest either. That's tough. Mm-mm. Yep. Yeah. But it's worthwhile. It's like backup of a backup. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll pitch one more service. It's not you guys, but it's called dry, drivesavers.com. Okay. Mm. For video and photo people, like if your card ever corrupts, if it gets formatted accidentally, any of that, and you can't use a program online, it's expensive, but they – the three times I've used them have have gotten everything off the card and under Whoa. like forty eight hours. It's unreal. That's insane. Yeah, that's a lot of money, but it's it's worth, <laughs> it's worth it when you need it. <laughs> yeah, that's killer, man. Uh, I had something there, but I forget. Oh, I was just gonna ask Mark: Were you around when when people were rocking like twenty uh, FW fifty Sony batteries? Like you'd almost have like. An Arnold Schwarzenegger, like uh, a bandolier, bandolier <laughs> full of those FW50s for like an A7S2. I'm, I'm recent. I'm recent to Sony, just like in the last three or four years. So, I mean, but the A7S2 is what I shoot on, and I have to have like 20 of those batteries. Yeah, terribly. Yeah, they're Ooh. terrible. They go fast. They go fast. Yeah. <laughs> They're not terrible. They just go fast. Well, you know, <laughs> I think they've improved. Like on their newer models, I think they have better batteries, but. Um, so uh, just, uh, w- one more on gear and opinions here. Editing, obviously you both are going to approach editing from different perspectives. Um, uh, Nicole, you're going to be, you know, approaching it, I assume from, from Lightroom or Capture One or whatever that you might use. And Mark, you're going to be using, um, Premiere or, um, DaVinci or, or something along those lines. Um, I, can I assume that you both edit your own work or, or do you guys swap ever? Negative. So we, we both did in the beginning, but we both actually contract out all of oh, cool. the majority of our editing yeah. work. So, And I'd say, yeah, we both did in the beginning to really get our work down to what we wanted it to be, but we both outsource and it's actually, I'd say a pretty important part of our businesses mm-hmm. and how they run mm-hmm. um, because it just really saves time on you being in the nitty gritty in the weeds of your business and really helps you to be able to expand in other ways. Like you can't work on your website or you can't go network if you're spending, I mean, a wedding, it takes you like days to edit a wedding. Mm-hmm. Whereas my wedding editor, she'll turn it around in like, like 24 hours. hours. I'm like, Whoa. I don't know how you did this. That's wild. Because um, it's their niche. It's like, it's, that's yeah, that's her niche. Yeah. She's so really good well. at it. Um, and so that has been honestly a major turning point in our business. And, and we have great relationships with our editors where it's like, we can give them super specific nerdy information on how we edit. And they're going to do just that. Like my editor always says, like, I hope to be an extra arm of your business, not this like separate entity. Yeah. That's awesome. That, I'm sure networking helps with finding people like that. Too. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And like I'm finding editors who are way better than I am. Yeah. Like, yeah. They <laughs> color a lot better than I do. They know motion graphics. Like, yeah. And once again, it's like finding that in your business that, uh, that that's going to help you. So for both of mm-hmm. us, like in our businesses, we found that editing wasn't 
our most passionate part of our business. Like, and that just happened to be for us. Other people love editing and love getting down into the nitty gritty and like doing all those wave things on the (laughs) the curve. I don't even know what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The tones curve and all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) A photographer doesn't even know what that is. (laughs) But like some people love that and that's like a super passionate part of their business and they're super good at Photoshop and all these different things. And just for me right now in my business, that's not something I'm super passionate. So that's the part of it that I decide to contract out. Whereas like somebody else may think that like emailing and social media is just the worst thing. So like find a virtual assistant, you know, Mm -hmm. find somebody who's basically going to do that job that you don't like better than you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Well, and I think that kind of speaks to what you guys were talking about earlier with like boundaries and stuff like that. And it's just if something is getting in the way of you doing your business or like, I don't know, like with a lot of wedding and video shooters, I think you guys kind of hit the nail on the head. It's like your work never feels done if you're doing every aspect of it. So like Mm -hmm. just outsourcing stuff like that so that you can focus more on the on the, the important stuff and just I mean. Yeah, nobody wants to, like, after an eight-hour, ten-hour day of shooting a wedding, nobody wants to go home and work another <laughs> 12 hours on editing all that stuff. Yeah. Yes. Or, or meal prep for your family for the next week. Yeah. Like, uh, we right. had our, oh our my third kit for, like, three months straight. We had, like, ten weddings, so we literally hired a virtual, or not a virtual assistant, but a personal assistant to, like, literally go grocery shopping and meal prep for us. So, like, man, I'd work my 40 hours during the week, and then we'd both go you know, work a 10 hour wedding and then come home. And it's like, we come home at midnight and then we've got Sunday. And it's like, would we rather spend it with our kids or would we rather spend it doing laundry and going to the grocery store? Right. Yeah. And I think that too, like, um, finding, yeah, just finding those areas that you need support in. And it doesn't mean you have to take it on forever. I think a lot of things like that, it's like, oh, if I outsource my editing, then like, I can never edit again. Then I'll never edit again. Like, (laughs) no, I have plenty of shoots or smaller weddings that I'll edit on my own to either save the money or Mm -hmm. um, just because I really liked that wedding for whatever reason and I want to submit it to a publication or something like that. But it's the like day to day, like you just can't do it all. If you, mm-hmm. if you want yeah. to run a business and you want that business to grow. And especially if you want to add, throw, throw a family <laughs> on top of that, like you just can't do it all. Yeah. That's great. I don't, I think that if I started outsourcing like something like that, I would just be like relieved that relieved that I never had to do that. Again. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's, yeah, yeah. I, absolutely. Yeah. And that's like, for us, it, it definitely has been a relief. I mean, especially for editing or, or, for weddings, oh, yeah. I mean, or some of Mark's bigger video projects. I mean, the editing on those, like you said, it takes forever. And who wants to come home after a 12 hour day and then spend another 12 hours editing? Like, so it's that balance. It's that give and take and finding what works for you and your business and how to help yourself grow more. That's great. Hey, Kevin, do you think we have time for some hot takes? Sure. Let's do some hot takes. Lightning round hot takes. There we go. I wish I had a sting for that. yeah you need like a sound effect (laughs) yeah with some like trumpets in the background or something going on something like something like this (laughs) what is that (laughs) that's the sad trumpet (laughs) (laughs) cool you want to start us off oh yeah 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 i'll give you hot takes on whatever you want (laughs) There we go. Uh, okay, networking isn't worth it at all, and it's just about your skills. 
this is a belief that some people have. What do you have to say to this? <laughs> <Not> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost less about your skills, honestly. Absolutely. I think yeah. networking is first and foremost, like you need to always be honing your skills better, but if you don't have a network, then your skills aren't going to take you anywhere. And yep. like, I, I heard that starting out too. And I just want to provide one, one like little tidbit about networking and sales. It's like, listen, if you don't want to go out and do sales, like if you don't want to write the emails or make the phone calls, go make work, like do what you're really good at and go offer to make your work for somebody else mm -hmm. and use your work as sales, because that's how you'll get, you'll get a lot of referrals and you'll get better at what you're doing and you'll never have to try to sell somebody. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. I, yeah. Uh, so how do you handle schedule overlapping? I think you guys talked about yeah, this we, a little bit. We, we went to extensive. They, they let's, have, they have let's, a pretty let's solid about this grasp one. on their scheduling. <laughs> All right, Kev, I'll move on to the next one. <laughs> uh, do you ever need a whole mental health week? When do you decide to take a vacation, take a break from it all? And how do you do that with a bunch of clients maybe on the on the hook for you? And and not to mention kiddos too. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, I I it comes down to scheduling kiddos and clients around what we want. Yeah. So like at the beginning of the year, we look at our year, and it's like, hey, we've got twelve months. Where do you, like where do we want to go as a family? What aligns with our family goals again? Like where do we want to travel this year? When do we want to travel? Like okay, hey, it's cloudy and law in ohio in january we probably want to go somewhere what? sunny <laughs> but, then, <laughs> but then like if a client reaches out it's like 99 times out of 100 you can dictate unless it's like an event mm -hmm. you know you can really dictate at least in in the video world i guess but like especially in the online world like i could be doing podcasting from florida you know or california mm -hmm. this is true colorado like i could do i can that. be sending emails from anywhere exactly yeah, yeah. Um, toes in the sand Laptop on your, on your yeah, <laughs> sounds <laughs> really nice goes. right now, <laughs> right? <laughs> I wish, <laughs> but I do think that goes in with scheduling too. Like I use a platform called Calendly. So do we we use that here uh, at the store. Yeah, too. How about that? it's a, it's awesome. If you're not using it, I don't know what you're even doing. But <laughs> <laughs> it's the hot so take. great. But I can set my schedule. I can set when I want to take clients on and when I don't want to take clients on. And so I think it's definitely. Um, planning that ahead of time, but then also continuing to communicate with each other. I mean, like, oh my gosh, we've been so busy. You've been going this way. I've been going this way. Let's take next week to like really hone in and be at home for a little bit and kind of say no to anything that's not like this huge pressing client need. And, and doing micro health, like you have like health weeks, like micro health times. So like Mondays, mm. I try not to book anything. And that's like my day. I'm a big runner, so like I'll go mm. run crazy miles on Monday because I, it's my day. So that's like my time to debrief and like if I'm really stressed, I know. All right, at least I've got all day Monday to literally do what I want. You know, that's cool. Yeah. I think I think Mark. Now that I that just brought something up in my mind. I think you were one of the first photographers that we featured on Instagram, and I think it was you taking. A mm. rental 28 millimeter lens out to like Moab or something for that a is run. My favorite lens now in the whole. Yeah, world. yeah we love the 28 <laughs> love after that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I'm gonna do one more hot take here. Uh, it, is this all worth it? Like, if if you guys could go back and have jobs where you you have to go somewhere eight hours a day and answer to somebody else, 
Is that ever an option for you? Or did you say that sounds crazy? Oh my gosh, we see each other, I think, like five times a day. We're like, I always look at Mark, I'm like, you're never getting a real job. Like, yeah, you just can't at this point. Like, we've just created such a flexible, fluid life where, yeah, I mean, Mark's around the kids almost as much as I am versus like, you know, a more traditional relationship where it's like, dad works all day and then comes home mm. basically to put the kids to bed. Like, we have this unique opportunity where we're able to be around our kids, but we're also able to do something we love and we're super passionate about. Like I tell people all the time, I'm like, wedding photography is the perfect mom job because <laughs> I can make it around my schedule and I can spend tons of times with my kids. But then I also get to go out and do mm. something I love and be around other adults and, That's so you know, cool. be refreshed in that way too. So absolutely not. We're never getting real jobs. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> you guys make jobs. freelancing sound so magical. I know. <laughs> now I will say with that, like, it's a lot of hard work. It's been a lot of hard work to get where we are. And there, mm -hmm. you know, and there's all those, um, memes out there about owning your own business where it's like, I'm the best at what I do. This is great. And then it's like down at the bottom, like, this is the worst day of my entire life. <laughs> throw out all my work. I've never taken a good photo in my life. And then next it's like, this is okay. I can do this. Like, and you know, as a video or photo entrepreneur, like you are constantly up and down all the time, mm -hmm. but definitely having each other for support and having honestly community and networking support. Like yeah. I've got, you know, five other photographer friends in my back pocket who I can be like, Oh my gosh, this client just said this to me. Can you believe it? Or, Oh my, like mm. I had a friend who texted me the other day who lives in Nashville and was like, I just booked my first celebrity wedding. Like to have that Man. community and that balance is yeah. so important when mm -hmm. you're looking at doing your own thing and going against the grain of the nine to five. That's awesome. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. And I, I think I would, that's the one thing I would miss is like the office kind of like chatter like the camaraderie. Yeah, the camaraderie. Oh, yeah, and, and and now that you've said that, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess you could still have that if you're yeah. own your own business, yeah. <laughs> really. It's, it's a lot harder, though. Like, the phrase, it's lonely at the top, is so true. Like, yeah. there, there's a lot of it. I've learned, like, you have to be intentional about yeah. having mm -hmm. that, that office talk because yeah. it is cool. Like, that, it is really fulfilling to have other people around you on a consistent basis multiple times a week. Like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You get what you're you doing. You get what you're doing. Like, yeah. Yep. And it's taken Mark, I think, more time. Like, he's just more extroverted. I'm like, I could be alone in my cave reading a book for weeks on end. And Same. I wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me. But for Mark, he's like, but where are the people? I need, to, like, <laughs> I need to go talk to somebody. I need to go network with somebody. I need to, like, just grab coffee. I don't care who it's oh with. It could God. be with anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so it's knowing yourself in that, too, and knowing how to fulfill that need. Yeah, and there's definitely been more times than not of, uh, uh, you know, of those down curves and there are the up curves. Like, it's so easy to talk about what's working and what's, what's great, but it's, like, it is true that, like, as a business owner, freelancer, you you're know, gonna have some downs. You're gonna have yeah. probably more downs than you're gonna have ups. But the but sure. the but the highest ups are worth the lowest oh, yeah. downs. Yeah. yeah. There's so. there's nothing like that. For sure. 
Mark's going crazy with his loneliness, so let's go ahead and start a podcast. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but actually, that's you know what, pretty like, much how it works. That I, may be a joke, but it's not. <laughs> I was sitting at a coffee shop oh. one night, like, you know, like I shut down my business because it just wasn't fitting, like, my lifestyle and my goals. And yeah. I was like, man, what do I want to do? Like, why am I so lonely and all this stuff? And I started, like, Venn diagramming and n- notebooking, like, checklist. What do I like? What do I don't like? And then, like, oh, I kept circling, like, I want to be around friends. I want to be around people. I want to be around like similar people. And it's like, oh, maybe that's what Eric and Caleb, and they're both filmmakers. Like, if I'm feeling lonely, I'm sure they're feeling it too. Like, hey guys, want to start a business? That's great. That's so cool. All right. So um, before we move, because every podcast we have a challenge for folks, and that's you know how we try to close it out. But before we do that, do you guys have any parting advice or wisdom for our listeners when it comes to networking set clear expectations okay. and love over it commu- over communicate like love that's it. in every aspect of your life but like that's good i try to do it with my kids or my clients or nicole like set an expectation of what's going to happen mm-hmm. and then if there's any deviation Always of that talk expectation about talk about it and talk about it till you are blue in the face red in the face Whatever that expression is, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Beat a dead horse about it. Yeah, like yeah. you can't. It's hard to over communicate. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. That's really and good. And talk about your goals and dreams. Mm. Whether it's your spouse that happens to be your business partner, or a friend that's your business partner, or just somebody you're networking with, or whatever. Like, whether it's just talking to yourself about them, just think about where you really want to be mm-hmm. and how you can get there, and how you can support each other in that. Yeah, that's Absolutely. good. That's, that's really awesome. Good. And I think that's applicable to kind of anything. I think that we've we've been focusing on both of those things a lot in the shop lately is just yeah. communication and setting those expectations. That's awesome. For sure. Tom, do you want to do you want to do the the challenge? All right. The networking challenge. Indeed. I this is my first time announcing a challenge, so you know, prepare yourselves. <laughs> Uh, The networking challenge is to reach out to 10 people and let them know about your skills and services. Even if they don't respond, they have seen your name and getting the word out about your business is the first step. Just don't do that LinkedIn thing that that we talked about. Yeah, don't be creepy about it. Yeah, Yeah, I love this. Yeah, I do too. You got to challenge yourself. Mm -hmm. I will also add to this challenge Mark's advice, which is if you are just getting started in all of this, being your own boss or Mm -hmm. starting a photo business, Go inward first. Oh, I love that. Go inward before you start. So maybe do blasting. some journaling and stuff. Yeah, journaling. Yeah, absolutely. Heck, go to a coffee shop. Do some Venn diagramming. Yeah, just Venn diagram. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, or just take your camera out and start shooting and yes. just see what you like to shoot. Like yeah. just I ask love a that. bunch of people that if you can take their pictures and just see like, do I like taking pictures of people? Do I not? Like, yeah. Where does it fit in? But yeah, definitely go inward mm-hmm. first. I like that. Absolutely. And, I think that you're right, Nicole. A lot of people, uh, yeah. I, I I don't want to start another tangent, but yeah, that's totally another <laughs> thing. We can do a whole other podcast. Yeah, yeah. If you want. yeah, that's awesome. But, All right, guys. Yeah, like with, with those ten people, though, like before you send them a message, find one thing they like, whether it's wine. It's like, hey, I noticed that you really like wine. Like, we really like yeah. wine. Yeah. <laughs> we really like wine. That's yeah. great, you know. But like, if you if they like running, you know, I don't know. Find find a passion that they have and you have too, or that their company, like even if it's basic on their values, like if they value integrity, 
Yeah. Like, hey, I really value integrity. And I think like there's alignment of values and would love to showcase my work to you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I think that all of that is putting you, uh, all of that is vulnerable space too. So set yourself up to like expect maybe no one to, to respond or something like absolutely. that. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you yes, just, yes. yeah, know that it's, yeah, not personal. And network not just with people that you're hoping to get business mm. out of, but people who you just respect their work. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I did. Like, I did. Find something in their work that you love and be like, dude, the way you use light in these pictures is just so cool. I just wanted to let you know how awesome it is and how much I respect you and love following you. Yep. We, we just interviewed this guy on our podcast. He's like from the middle of Louisiana and, uh, now he's working with Sam Newton on like Peter McKinnon videos and like oh, wow. blowing up because he just reached out to somebody who's like, Hey, I love your stuff. Like I'm a colorist. Can I just color your next project? Totally for free. You That's know. so cool. That's so really cool. It, yeah. it works. You just got to, you just got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, Pastor Nax, thank you so much for being on our. Thanks yeah, for having our us. This is so fun. Yeah, this was, this was a lot of fun. We're going to have to, after, you know, we get vaccinated or, or this is over or whatever. We're going to have to sit down and have some wine. Yeah. yeah <laughs> we, we would love it. <laughs> yeah. um, of course, you can listen to us on on anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, uh, everywhere, just everywhere. And you can also listen to Mark's podcast, The Ambitious Filmmaker, on, I assume, the same platforms. Uh, we'll, we'll link uh, his in the show notes so that you guys can find that. The uh, the only difference is on Instagram. It's just under the video community. Okay, so on Instagram, it's at the video community. Correct. That's Perfect. a good app, man. Yeah, that is a really it's good a one. Good snag. Um, <laughs> you can share your photos with us or your experiences with us networking on Instagram at Two Weird Camera Beards, or you can slide into our DMs, or at MPEX underscore photo underscore video. You can also send us images, stories, questions to our email address two. That's the number two weird camera beards at mpex.com. Um, you can find Nicole's work on Instagram at Pasternakco. Uh, that'll be Nicole and Mark's work. Um, and then, of course, I already said you can listen to his podcast. Uh, search the ambitious filmmaker on your podcasting platforms and at the video community on Instagram. I'm going to give a special thanks to our executive producer, our magical and mystical executive producer all the way down in Florida, Maddie O'Neill. Toes in the sand and everything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> She's got her toes in the sand and her laptop all, on. We're always jealous. Yeah. <laughs> Big thanks to the president of Midwest Photo, Moisha Applebaum, and the VP, Ken Lewis, for letting us take over the learning studio space so that we record this podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thanks, Pastor Nax. <laughs> Thank you for having us. You've got such like a NPR hidden brain voice. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I'm like, ooh, I could listen to this. <laughs> right.